Welcome to Evangel Church, where we believe in seeing changed lives changing lives. My name is Pastor Chris, and if you're here today, we're so glad that you're with us. Um, church can be a place we can have fun, amen? Uh, that we can celebrate, where we can, uh, because we have reason, we have joy. Joy is something that, um, that comes from not our circumstances, but from our creator. A joy that can't be shaken. A joy uh, that is complete when we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And um, we're in a series of messages right now entitled Greater Than. And I don't know about you, but uh, I've, just been, I've been enjoying this series. I believe God's been challenging us each week, um, helping us to walk forward. Because I believe this, that 2017 canon will be a year greater than any other year of our lives. As we look to God's word, as we stand on his word, as we walk in obedience to his word. And I know this, that God's desire is that your life would be greater than the old life that you walked away from. God called you out of an old life full of sin, shame, things that separated you from God, but he's brought you to a place and he's bringing you somewhere that's greater than, greater than anything you could ever imagine and maybe greater than anything you've ever experienced before. But it takes us looking to his word and applying his, the principles of his word to our lives. There's some things that get out of order in our lives. There there are some things that are greater than that we're not making greater in our lives. There are some things that are less than that we are making greater in our lives. And that out of balance, that lack of balance, that imbalance in our lives can cause us to walk through some things that maybe we're not supposed to be walking through. And maybe if we could just apply God's word to our lives and we could walk in the way that he calls us to, we could then see the fruit that God promises in his word from it. So we're going to be exploring another principle today. If you open with me in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians is in the New Testament chapter 2. I'm just going to pray for us as we get into God's word today. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you that we have the opportunity, the privilege, Lord, of coming and opening up your word to us, Lord God. Lord, just to, 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 to sit again and to take that in, Lord, that we haven't been left alone, that we have a God that loves us, and that, Lord, you sent us your word so that we could know you. You sent us your son, Lord God, so that we could have relationship with you. And so today, Lord, we just humble ourselves before you. Lord, we ask you to speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't take this as just a word or an opinion. Lord, this is your word. And we ask you, make it alive in our hearts. Challenge us and change us, Lord, by your spirit's power to help us to walk in a way that would be pleasing to you. Help us, Lord, to apply the truths of your word today in a way that would lead to life transformation. And Lord, as that happens, we're going to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things that I've noticed about this series, and each week I kind of tell you one thing from God's word is greater than the other, and we learn these lessons. And a few weeks ago I talked about how service is greater than status, that that's what Jesus is looking for in the heart of anyone that would follow him. And last week we talked about how living by faith is greater than living by fear, and how so many times we can see how fear can begin to uh, grip us and trip us up. And I was believing last week that someone would walk in freedom today, that someone would be walking this Sunday, they'd show up in church saying, you know what, God has given me freedom in that area. I've allowed faith to rise and fear to go in Jesus' name. And if that's what God's done in your life or circumstance, praise God, because I know that he's doing it. I've heard a few testimonies, and can we just celebrate together that God's moving um, in the hearts and lives of his people. And that's his desire for us, 
not to be bound by fear, not to be tripped up by those things that the enemy would use. And I, I think that we've just been getting a laugh out of that idea that our, our enemy, he's a defeated toothless lion. Come on, right? He is, he is defeated. He prowls around like a roaring lion, but he doesn't have his bite anymore. Jesus has the victory, and Jesus is the true. He's the lion of Judah, and, uh, and we're so thankful for that. Well, this week we get to another truth from God's word. It's about his desire for us. And in Colossians chapter 2, we come up across a few verses of Scripture that really spell out God's desire for our lives and the way we would live and the way we would have relationship with him. And I want us to explore these few verses today and understand how that applies to us today. So let's take a look here at Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Here's what it says. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord... So walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You know, this is God's desire for your life, that you will be firmly rooted, that you'll be built up in Christ and that you'll be established in your faith. And when that happens... There's an overflow that happens in your life. You could be overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving, not with worry, anxiety, or fear, but overflowing with gratitude, realizing that Jesus has done what he said he would do, that he has been faithful and that he has been your provider, he has been your healer, he has been your deliverer, he has met you and saved you and rescued you. Your life is meant to be filled with gratitude and thanksgiving for all the great things God has done for you. And that's why. Um, it's God's desire for something greater than. Some of you, you look at that kind of life and you say, that's greater than what I'm thinking and feeling and experiencing right now. But I want to tell you that this is God's plan. This is his desire for your life. And so today, we're going to be challenged from God's word to take a step deeper in our relationship with him. Because if you look at the language that's being used by the Apostle Paul here, he's speaking to this church and this group of believers, and he's challenging them. He's saying, this is God's vision. This is his picture for your life, that you'll be firmly rooted, built up, and established. There's such strong language there that's used, and all of that language is being used to hold someone, to anchor them, to allow them to be secure. I don't know about you, but there are things that can happen in life and they feel like they just take away your balance. They make you just spin around dizzy. You don't know what to do and you feel topsy-turvy. You feel like your stability has been compromised. But this is the goal for your life. This is God's desire for us that we would be firmly rooted, that we would be built up and established, that nothing that shakes others in this world and even shakes this world would have the ability to shake us and cause us to fall, that we'd be founded on him. And so this is his desire for our lives, and it's so important that we grasp that because the world, their picture, their picture of success doesn't look like this. The picture of success that this world would paint is one of you reaching new heights, of you advancing and rising up, of you going to places, and, and really, how many people can you begin to get following you? How many people will look to you, respect you, esteem you? How many initials can you get after your name? These are the things that kind of matter in the world that we live in so often. These are the things that measure success. How much? How much of a following do you have? How many people are around you? How high have you risen through the ranks? But you see, there's a danger that comes with that. Because if that's the way we measure growth, if that's the way we measure success, if that's the way we measure it, 
then we're going to easily be disappointed in the end. You know, I was sitting with Pastor Willie over a lunch, and you, believe me, you're going to want to be here next Sunday. You do not want to miss this message. Pastor Willie, what he said to me over and over and over again, as he's telling stories and as we're just sharing about our gratitude that he'd come and share God's word with us um, this upcoming Sunday, he said, you know, Pastor Chris, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. He said he was homeless at 11 years old, that his life um, had just been upside down, but God rescued him. Don't you love that but God in, in our story that changes everything? And not only has God saved him, not only has God used him to be a voice, but God has used him to lead people, superstars in different sports arenas, into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Their lives, their eternities will never be the same. And sometimes you only hear about the bad things that happen with athletes, but there are others that they know the Lord and they're grounded in their faith. And some of them, many of them, they're being discipled by people just like Pastor Willie who are walking with him. He left a Bible study the day before to come and be with us for lunch where he's pouring into a Major League Baseball player on a different team who comes and sits with him for an hour and a half and they study God's word together and play. I mean, that's incredible to imagine the influence God has given. But he said there's a danger because as I was sharing, I said, hey, one year in the future for one of these Super Sundays, we're going to bring a professional football player in and they're going to share with us. And he said, he, he got quiet. He said, Pastor, you got to pray and ask God to give you discernment for that. He said, because there's some, some guys that can stand up in that pulpit and they'll say, Jesus is Lord on Sunday morning and on Sunday night they're getting locked up. He said, there are some that, that they'll say it and they're eloquent and they have all the status and all the name recognition, but there's a shallowness to their walk right now. And that is what really reminded me of this truth that we need to be so aware of. It's so easy to measure success by popularity, by status, by influence, by the amount of name recognition that someone will have. But that's not what, how God measures it in the kingdom. That's not his number one desire. His desire in 2017 is for you to grow in ways that you've never grown before. And when we think about growth, we only think about vertical growth, don't we? We only think about reaching higher and reaching further. But his, the growth that's needed, the growth that's necessary, the growth that is greater is a different kind of growth. It's a growth in depth. And this is what I'll tell you today, that depth is greater than height. When it comes to our growth, our depth, going deeper, is greater than how high we can go, than our height. And so this is something that we're going to need to lean into in God's word to understand. Do you see it again in chapter 2, verse 6? It says, I want you, now that you've received Christ, to walk in him and to be firmly rooted and be built up in him, to be established in your faith. The idea is to be rooted, to be grounded. The challenge in what happens when we see some of these professional athletes and others that are in the spotlight of Hollywood or in the fame of the world, they've reached a worldwide audience and platform, is that they've reached a height that their character could not keep them in. And because of that, they'd fall. You see this with some athletes that have risen through college and they were meant to be an incredible superstar, but they can't find themselves out of rehabs in other places because they reached a place that they did not have the rooting of character to hold them in. And it's a lesson. It's something each of us have to know and realize that God is calling you to a place that you must have the roots in place to hold you there. That if we only focus on getting there, 
on everything that can be seen above the surface, we may miss it. If we don't have the roots to hold us, if we don't have the foundation in place when the storms come, because they will come. It's not if they come, it's when they come. When the storms come, our roots are going to determine whether we're still standing at the end. You know, if you're in a place of complacency, if you're in a place where, where you've kind of grown comfortable in your faith, that you've given up on some of the things that had once rooted you and grounded you in your relationship with God, I want to tell you today that God's given you a wake-up call from his word. It's time to press in again. It's time to grow some new roots. It's time to establish new depth and growth in 2017 so that you can stand and that you can grow to the places that God is going to bring you this year as you look to him. Now, for some, we'd see this, and we saw it vividly over the last years. I mean, we don't have too many hurricanes that come our way, right? We don't have too many big storms that come uh, into the Northeast. We normally see them down in the South, but there were a few major storms in 2011 and 2012 that hit right here in New Jersey and in our area. But there was a problem that was associated with them, and it was that there were these massive trees, and these trees had grown so high but there weren't those winds and those things that were pressing against them. So over time, they became very much fixed in a certain kind of root. It wasn't a root that was deep. It wasn't a root that was holding. For some of them, they've grown very high, but their roots had become decayed and old or compromised in some way. And because of that, whenever the storms blew, those giant trees that you would have thought had been standing for 100 years and would stand for another 100 years, they came toppling over. Some of you saw this in your own houses. We have one person in the body who they live in an area with all these trees around them, and they saw like four trees fall down during Sandy. And thank the Lord, every single one of them fell around their house. It was like they were boxed in by trees falling all around them. Big trees, huge trees. The problem was they did not have the roots to hold them when the storms came. They grew to a place in height that their depth could not hold them. And when that happens in our lives, if we, if we desire to go to new places in our relationship with God, which I know he wants to take us to, he has new heights that he's going to bring you to, but it will be contingent on you having the roots, the depth in your relationship with him to keep you in those places, to hold you in those places. And so today we're going to be challenged to go deeper, to establish roots and establish depth in our relationship with God. And there are a few ways that we can do this. I'm going to give you two practical ways that are vital for you to establish depth in your relationship with God. The first one we're going to look at is found in Matthew chapter 6, if you'll turn over there with me. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, in the opening verses here, Jesus is talking about two things, about giving and about prayer. But the principle is this, and this is the way that we establish depth in our relationship with God. The first way is through private obedience. Private obedience establishes depth in your relationship with God. It grows roots. You got to think about roots being something that's under the surface that no one can see. No one else will know it, but as you're privately obeying the Lord, he's working, he's growing your relationship with him. And because of that, you will see fruit in your life. So let's look at this passage and unpackage it some and see what that looks like. Here's what Jesus says. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you're going to have no reward when you're with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have received 
their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Here's what God's Word says. This is what Jesus says to his followers. He says, when you give, when you do these things, let that be done in secret. Let that be done in private. Don't do it as a form of spectacle. Don't do what you do for the praise of others. Don't do what you do for the affection and attention of others. Because if you do that, you run a risk. And here's what he says the risk is. That that will end up being your reward. That it will be the reward that you have. And, and some could stand one day before a holy God. And there would be some kind of reward that God's word speaks about. Some kind of blessing that he would share along with those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And for some, they may stand there and they're not hearing as much from the Lord as they thought they should be hearing. Saying, Lord, but what about this and what about that? I mean, everyone thought that was a really good thing I did. I can just imagine the Lord saying back, yes, and that was your reward, what they had to say about it. Because that's why you did it. You see, the Lord doesn't just know what we do. He knows why we do what we do. And it's always important to check the motive of our heart and say, Lord, we don't do this as a spectacle. We don't do this for the praise of others. We don't do this for any other reason than to be obedient to you. And as we're obedient to God in private, the Lord works publicly. The Lord works in our lives in every other place. But if we do it publicly so that we could try to get some kind of blessing out of that, we're going to miss it. We'll miss it every single time. Private obedience develops roots you see, they say character is who you are when no one's watching, when no one else is around. And it's during those times, those secret times that no one would know, those are the prime opportunities for you to establish roots in your life and in your relationship with God. What you're doing there becomes the very thing that can nourish you and build you up and grow you. You don't realize that what's being done in the secret place, it's a place of formation as we've talked about in the past. And it's there through your private obedience to the Lord when no one else is noticing when no one can pat you on the back, when no one can recognize it and applaud you, but when your only audience is your audience of one, the Lord. It's there that your most tremendous amount of growth can take place inside of your life. So with your giving, that's so vitally important to our process here at Evangel. I just sent out a letter that, again, reaffirms as we sent out our end-of-year giving letters to those that have given in 2016 that I don't know what you've given. I don't know the specific amounts of what anyone would give because I want that to be between them and the Lord. We know the total number and the big numbers of what's coming in and what's going out uh, for myself, but for me, I allow that to be between you and the Lord, but make sure that you then are obeying the Lord. You don't do it for your pastor. You don't do it for any other leader. You don't do it because someone's telling you to. You do it because you say, Lord, this is what you say. This is your word, and Lord, I walk in obedience to that. And as we do that, the Lord establishes roots. Those are growth moments and opportunities in our life. Let's continue on here as we go down in the next verses. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners where they can be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you... When you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. You have an audience of one. I have an audience of one. The most significant prayers that are prayed by me are not prayed here on this platform. 
It's prayed in a secret place when it's just me and, 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 and my Lord. It's not happening even around the dinner table or at times when I'm praying with my family. It's the time that I have with the Lord. That's most precious. Think about your prayer life. If the only time you're praying is when you're in the presence of others, something's lacking. There's a nourishment that isn't happening in your life. You see, in every area of our lives, what we see and what we're doing with others when it comes to our relationship with the Lord needs to be the overflow of what's happening privately in our lives. If not, what are we doing that for? And we're neglecting that. We're neglecting that life source, that place of nourishment that God wants to grow. It's the most beautiful sound. I know from those that are part of this choir, this worship team, even Pastor Rick, our worship uh, pastor, the most beautiful sound is not just what happens here on a Sunday morning. The most beautiful sound is when any one of them will be in their prayer closet before the Lord, worshiping him, whether it's with or without an instrument, with their voice, but with their heart. The Lord hears that for each one of you. It's not just when we're collectively together. There's something beautiful that God does in that moment, but there's something transformative God does when you're doing it in the secret place with the Lord when you're privately obeying the Lord, when you're privately worshiping him, serving him, honoring him, obeying him, when you do that, it has transformative growth that takes place inside of your life. Roots are going down. Just imagine that. When someone looks at your life, they can see only what's above the surface, right? But the question is, what's beneath the surface? I think about an iceberg, an iceberg, normally we can only see what's going on above the surface, and we can see it and we can be amazed by it and say, wow, look at that height. Look, look at what's going on there. You can see these things above the surface. That's just what we get the opportunity to see. But let's take a step back and look what's going on beneath the surface in the place that no one sees. When you look at your life, is this what it looks like with your relationship with God? Is just what's coming to the surface? Is the overflow of what God's doing? Or is it inversed? And there's very little depth in your private time with the Lord and a lot of activity up above the surface where everyone sees it. This is God's desire that we be rooted, we'd be established. I want to tell you, as much as I'd want to move that, if I'm in the Titanic, I'm not moving that iceberg. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that can come against this iceberg that's going to have much victory. But if it was flipped over, you could flip that thing over, you can move it, because it doesn't have the depth, even in the water, the weight to hold it. Think about the same with a tree. Anything that grows with roots, that root system is what holds it. It's what's going on beneath the surface that makes all the difference. If it's compromised in the roots, eventually it's going to reach the fruit. If the roots become compromised, eventually it affects everything. Two years ago, my wife uh, gave me permission to start up the garden again, and many of you heard my failed attempts to do this in the past. But we tried it again a couple years ago, and I went gung-ho. I bought tomato plants, and I bought um, watermelon, and I bought pumpkins and peppers and uh, strawberries and everything I could get. And, I mean, we got everything. I had a 10 by 10 plot of ground that we tilled up and put some, some more fertilizer on, and we planted all these, like 12 uh, tomato plants and then, like, 10 peppers and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, this looks amazing. And it did look really nice when they were this big. But guess what? Growth happened. And when growth happened, everything became choked out. I went out one day, and it was just a mess of stuff. Everything was mixed together. Like, it couldn't grow because everything was pressed against. I was only planting the tomato plants maybe like six or eight inches apart. I mean, these things were getting like a two feet tall and, you know, growing into each other. And I realized this isn't going to work. So I had to change course. I had to try to, to create more space. So I dug out more land, and then I tried to uproot each plant to move it. 
I lost like 80% of the plants because when I uprooted them, I compromised their roots and they weren't able to live. They had all the signs of life. They had fruitfulness. They had all those things. But when the roots became compromised, it spread through everything. The same is true in your life. If you're neglecting growing and building depth into your relationship with God or the root system of your life is becoming compromised, then you're not going to bear the fruit that God has for your life. It all comes down to private obedience to God. That has the ability to change everything for you. What are you doing there in that place that will grow you? The second thing is this. First one that develops roots and depth in your life is private obedience. Second is God's word. God's word has the power and ability to allow you to become rooted, growing and established in your relationship with him and in your faith. Here's what it says in John 15, verses 7 through 8. And I'll invite Pastor Rick to come forward at this time. Here's what Jesus said. And I'd invite you just right now as you're, as you're in, maybe you're in God's word, but I would just invite you to close your eyes for just a moment. Just listen to these words from the heart of our Savior. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so you prove to be my disciples. Look at me right now. This is Jesus' heart for everyone that would call upon his name, that you would bear much fruit. But it comes through abiding in him, being rooted in him, in his word, he said, my words abiding in you. And then you could ask anything you want and it's going to be given to you. Because when you abide in him in that way, you know what you're doing? You're delighting yourself in him. You're finding your satisfaction and your joy in him. Whenever you abide in him and you allow his words to abide in you, you're doing as God's word says, delight yourself in the Lord, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you abide in the Lord in that way, when you delight yourself in the Lord, here's what it means. It means, Lord, I'm most satisfied when you're most glorified in my life. I'm most satisfied. I'm not satisfied with what the world offers me. I'm not satisfied with, with the things that this world has. I'm not satisfied with chasing after stuff that I know will never fill me. I'm satisfied when I know that you've been glorified. I'm satisfied when I know that you've been lifted up. I'm satisfied when I know I've done the things that please your heart. He said, that's what it means whenever his word abides in you. Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I wouldn't sin against you. That your word would now be a lamp and a light to guide me along the way. That's his heart. That's his desire for us, that we would get to that place where we would be so rooted in him, abiding in him, that his word would take root in us. And we begin to walk in a way that pleases him. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Everyone that comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, this is what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred and the torrent burst against that house, 
It couldn't shake it because it was well built. But this is the one who heard, who heard what I said, who heard my word and has not acted accordingly. He's like a man who built his house on the ground without any foundation. The torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. When you lack depth, there's disaster waiting on the other end of it. There's a collapse that's waiting. What makes all the difference when the storms of life come is if you have that depth, if you're established on the right foundation, if you're rooted, connected, and firmly established. Today, I don't know what's facing you. I don't know what's waiting for you in 2017, but I know that God has something greater for you. And whatever it is that the enemy will throw at you, whatever it is that will come down life's path, today you can overcome that if you're established in him. Jesus said this, that abide in me and I'll abide in you. No one can bear fruit without staying connected to me. God has something great in store for you in this upcoming year, but it has to start in that place of you establishing roots that will hold you. It comes through your private obedience and it comes through being established and rooted in God's word. And as you allow those roots to grow, things will begin to change in your heart and in your life. Because ultimately, the fruit of your life is directly connected to the roots of your life. The fruit of your life is connected to the roots of your life. Where you have planted yourself and where you're allowing roots to go down, the things that you're reaching for and grabbing a hold of and spending your time, your energy, and your focus on, those things will bear fruit in your life. What kind of fruit is showing up in your life right now? Are there things that are showing up in your life that you know don't please you and don't please the heart of God? I would have to ask you, where are the roots of your life planted? What are the things that you're finding your deepest satisfaction in? Today, it's time for some things to be uprooted and be replanted in the right place. Say, God, today I don't want to grow roots in any other area because those won't hold me. Those will, those will corrode me. Those will compromise me. But if we want to have the fruit that Jesus is talking about, it's going to be connected to the roots of our lives. Are you focusing intentionally on growing this year? growing in your relationship with God, growing in depth with Him. Because the deeper you go with Him, the higher He'll take you. The more fruit that we'll see for eternity, the more lives that will be changed, and the more you and your family and those around you will be impacted because of what God is doing in your life in places that no one else could even see it. So may God grow us this year in 2017 in depth. Amen. And let Him then bring us to new heights. Depth is greater than height. So I want to tell you and give you the opportunity to be the first to hear about what we're going to be talking about next as we get into our next sermon series here at Evangel. This has been a key part of what I've desired to see us grow in, is growing in the knowledge of God's Word, growing in depth in that area in God's Word. And so once a year, for the last few years, we've taken a portion of time, a season of the year, and we've walked through God's Word together as a body. And we picked a different section. It started with See Like Jesus uh, back in 2014 where we walked through all the Gospels leading up to Easter. And then New in 42. And then last year we did epic, God-sized stories walking through parts of the Old Testament. Well, we're going to be doing another reading plan that's going to begin on February 19th. And this time we're going to be reading through the first five books of the, of the Bible from Genesis on through the rest of the Pentateuch, it's called. And in the Old Testament, we're going to learn this incredible 
value of Jesus, who is the Word of God, the Bible says. But here's what you need to know, that Jesus, before he was there, laid in a manger, do you know that the Bible says that he's the firstborn of all creation? That before we see him show up in the New Testament, that Jesus is seen all throughout the Old Testament? And if you follow, you can see these pictures, these moments that are pointing forward to Jesus. And I've learned this very idea very clearly in my walk with the Lord and my study of Scripture, that all of history, and we see history in the Scriptures, all of history is really His story. It's the story of Jesus, God's Word to us. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with Him in the beginning. And so we're going to take time walking through the first five books of the Bible, and we're going to see Jesus right there right there in the midst of the story. I go back to a moment that happened right after the resurrection of Jesus. His disciples, their world had been turned upside down. They had been uprooted completely. They were wandering. They were wavering. They didn't know what to do. They were feeling a complete lack of stability. And Jesus shows up and they don't even know it's him. They're on the road to Emmaus and as they're walking, they're talking with Jesus. He said, why are you so downcast? They said, the one we've been following, he's died. And the Bible says that this moment occurred. A moment that others, I remember Ravi Zacharias said this, who's one of the great Bible scholars and apologetics uh, teachers of our day. He said, if you can go to any moment in time and you could just listen in, you could be there, what would it be? And he said, I want to go to the road to Emmaus and I'd want to hear Jesus. And the Bible says this, that when they said, we don't understand why he died, the Bible says Jesus then went back through the law, which is the Pentateuch, and all the Old Testament scriptures to walk them piece by piece how it's all been leading to this moment that the Christ must suffer and must die. What a significant moment. So we're going to take part of that journey, church. We're going to look in the Old Testament in these five books of the Bible, and as we read together, as we study God's word together, we're going to see how history is his story, the story of Jesus, and that will lead us up to Easter Sunday. So we're excited. I hope you'll take the journey. I hope this will be a part of you getting rooted and grounded in your relationship with him and allowing that kind of growth in depth to be able to propel you into what God has in store for you in 2017. Don't do that alone, though. It's so important that you're reading alone, that you're taking that private time, but I have to encourage you, be a part of a community, be a part of a group. We have groups that are starting. We have several more groups we want to see launched, so I would encourage you today, would you consider hosting a group for this history series in your home? If you will, stop out in the foyer after service, talk to Bobby or someone at the info desk, sign up to host it. Um, we're going to have a video that will go along. We're going to go deeper into each message that we preach each week, and we're going to really dive in together studying God's Word. We want you to sign up for it in the weeks to come, but we also want you to open your homes and be willing to host a group. Amen? Let's commit together to growing deeper, to growing in depth in 2017. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? Dear Jesus, we come before you. We thank you that you're the word in the beginning, Lord God. We thank you that you're the alpha and the omega. We thank you that you're the author of our story, Lord God. And we pray today that, Lord God, as we seek to know your will, as we seek to walk with you, Lord God, you've made it clear to us. Your desire is that we will be rooted, Lord God, and we be grounded and built up in you and that we be firmly established in our faith. Lord God, we ask you today to search each one of our hearts. And church, I'd invite you in this moment of prayer just to search your own heart and allow the Lord to speak to you. 
there's an area that you know isn't where it should be in your relationship with him, Lord, you know. You can see what's under the surface, what none of us can see. You can see the depth or lack thereof, Lord God, in each of our lives and relationship with you. And today in your presence, Lord God, we make a commitment, Lord God, that we want 2017 to be a year of depth, Lord God. A year that we press in like never before. A year that we experience growth, Lord God. Not the growth that maybe anyone else could see, but a growth that presses us deeper into you, Lord God, into who you are. So, Lord, we pray that through our private obedience to you, Lord God, we pray that through our study of your word, Lord God, and being in community and worshiping you, Lord God, that you would meet us and change us, Lord God, and allow us to be firmly established in you, that no matter what storm may be on the horizon, that we could stand firm with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me today, church? God is good. Amen. I pray that you leave today challenged to take this and put legs to it and really begin to apply God's word to your life. And may 2017 be a year of depth and growth like you've never seen before. And God will bear much fruit as a result of it. If you need prayer, you can come forward. We have our prayer team that's going to be here in the front. Someone that will be up here at the altar to pray with you and lift any needs you might have before the Lord. We're going to continue to just worship the Lord if you'd like to spend time worshiping and reflecting on today's message. If not, please save your conversations for the foyer, and we'll see you here next week for Super Sunday. We hope you have been challenged and blessed by this message. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com.